press the follow or subscribe button in your podcast app to get daily updates from the front. From the journalists of The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Thursday, June 2. A huge development in the case of murdered 23-year-old Shandy Blackburn. She's familiar to listeners from The Australian's investigative podcast, Shandy's Story. The Australian exposed major problems at Queensland's main forensics lab, which was unable to find DNA on crucial exhibits in Shandy's case. Now, a police investigation has found a stunning pattern of failure at the same lab. More on that in a moment. Treasurer Jim Chalmers has backed in more onshore gas developments and left the door open to forcing producers to divert more gas for domestic use. It comes amid an unprecedented East Coast energy crisis. There's an Antarctic blast bringing snow and freezing temperatures hitting at the same time as low energy reserves and gas supplies and soaring household bills. Anthony Albanese's under pressure from within Labor to change Australia's stance on imprisoned WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. That's later in the episode. Big news in the case of the Queensland Crime Lab that's been under fire as a result of an extraordinary investigation from the Australian's Headley Thomas. The Shandy Story podcast explored the unsolved murder of 23-year-old Shandy Blackburn, a Mackay woman who was stabbed to death while she was walking home from work in 2013. Her killer is still at large. Now, a formal investigation into the lab that processed DNA samples in Shandy's case has found major flaws in a whole lot of other cases. I don't know of anything like this happening anywhere else in the world. I mean, certainly it's the darkest day for forensic science in Australia, but I've not known of this degree of incompetence and deception anywhere else in the world. Like, this is monumental. In hundreds and potentially thousands of cases, the lab told police they were unable to find DNA in crime scene samples. In Shandy's case, those included a pool of fresh blood found at her murder scene, a knife, and what police believed was a bloodstained T-shirt dumped by the offender. Now, Queensland police have revealed that when their detectives pushed back on the lab's results, the lab was able to find DNA in 30% of cases and a stunning 66% of sexual assault matters. I'm joined now by Dr Kirsty Wright, a forensics expert who's got the brain of a scientist and the soul of an investigative journalist. She was Hedley Thomas's partner in investigating what had gone wrong at this forensics lab for Shandy's story. Kirsty, in 2021, the lab reported to police that 583 crime scene samples from sex offenders did not return a usable DNA profile, so no evidence. In instances where there was a particularly tenacious investigator from the homicide or sex crime squad who told the lab to go back and look again, the lab found DNA in 66% of sexual assault cases. Is that right? That's exactly right. So it really falls upon the investigator to go back to the laboratory and make that request. And you'd have to think for Shandy's case, there were 43 samples where the laboratory reported that there was no DNA detected and they didn't fully test those samples. 
And who knows what kind of result could have been generated that, that may have assisted in convicting the offender. And it really is proof that the processes within the laboratory are flawed and the advice that's been given by the laboratory to the police is, is not only inaccurate but really could be preventing them from resolving crime and removing really dangerous offenders from the streets. So in a way, the police have had to do their own investigation into what was going on with the forensics lab that was supposedly just providing a service. That's right. And, and they found that the advice from the lab was completely wrong. And, and it appears as though this investigation by the QPS was prompted by the Shandy Story podcast and, and the revelations that we found there. What does this mean for Shandy's case? Do the samples still exist? Does the fluid that was collected from a pool of blood and the possibly bloody T-shirt still exist somewhere in a bag in the bowels of the lab or the police headquarters? Yeah, absolutely. So those samples, uh, there's definitely more than enough of the fluid potentially containing DNA there. So there's more than enough to go back five, 10, maybe even 20 times and further test those samples. But not only for Shandy's case, but for potentially all of the cases that this has affected over the 10 plus years. So Shandy's case is in 2013. The police are finding this out in 2021. So how many cases are there other than Shandy's that the police can now go back and, and request for further testing or for those samples to be tested by another laboratory? How many victims have been denied justice and how many victims have been uh, victims when they should never have been because offenders were potentially allowed to re-offend? It, it really is so serious. Uh, and these findings are, are just really explosive and distressing. Do you feel vindicated now? Um, to, I've got to be completely honest with you. I, I've always wanted to be wrong. I was really scared and upset when I first started finding this information for Shandy's story. And, and I didn't want it to be true and I, and I still don't want it to be true. It's it's really upsetting for me. Uh, but it, it, unfortunately, it, it appears as though the lab is failing and it's failing on a monumental scale. Have you faced consequences either professionally or personally, Kirsty, for your decision to speak up about this? No, I haven't, Claire, but to be honest with you, when I first started looking at Shandy's case, I knew that there was a, a genuine possibility that uh, I could lose my job and, you know, my career could be over, you know, standing up. But it was a risk that I was prepared to take because I knew that the damage uh, that was potentially being done, not only for the victims and public safety, but also for the integrity of our criminal justice system, which is really so precious. So I was more than happy to take that risk for those reasons. Yeah, it's scary, isn't it, to think that if if you are a woman in Queensland or anyone who's the subject of a violent crime, that the police might not be able to catch the, the offender because there's a systemic problem at this lab. You would have to think based on this information and everything that we've found with Shandy's case, that's almost a certainty. So it's not a matter of if this has happened. I believe it's a matter of how many times this has happened. And and really now there needs to be an absolutely thorough investigation into 
many thousands of cases. Really, now there's there's more than enough proof for the government and the Attorney General to realise that, yes, that the criminal justice system, you know, has been compromised and victims of justice have been absolutely let down. Kirsty Wright is a leading forensic scientist and Hedley Thomas's collaborator on the podcast Shandy Story. Coming up, Anthony Albanese's Labor government contains many passionate supporters of imprisoned WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. So, is there a policy change in the offing? My name is Manny Karoudis, and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts. One of Australia's most troubling consular cases is Julian Assange, the activist and founder of WikiLeaks, a website through which leakers and whistleblowers can publish secret documents. Assange is presently in prison in the United Kingdom after hiding out for years in London's Ecuadorian embassy. A decade ago, Assange was a swashbuckling free speech pioneer, shaking up the establishment by publishing documents deeply damaging to the reputations of many, including allegations of war crimes committed by the United States. It's been reported that WikiLeaks, your baby, has, um, in the last few years, has released more classified documents than the rest of the world's media combined. Can, Can that possibly be true? Yeah, can it possibly be true? It's a worry, isn't it? He claimed to be a journalist, but he didn't operate by any of the conventions of the press, such as seeking balance or offering a right of reply. Then, two Swedish women accused him of sexual assault, and an international arrest warrant was issued. Assange said he feared the Swedish prosecution was a front for an attempt to put him on trial in the US, and he sought refuge in the embassy. He defied numerous orders by the British courts to leave and was ultimately dragged out. He was convicted of breaching his bail and locked up in London's Belmarsh Prison. Assange is an Australian citizen, but the coalition government's attitude was a hardline refusal to intervene. Now, Anthony Albanese could be shaping up as his ticket to freedom. MPs inside the Labor Party are turning up the heat, asking for one of the Cabinet's first acts to speak up for Assange. The persecution of Julian Assange must end now. President Obama commuted Chelsea Manning's sentence, the person who provided the material revealing war crimes, yet Assange, the publisher, is still in jail. With the right diplomacy, the Biden administration could conclude this immediately. Max Madison is a reporter with The Australian and he's been investigating Labor's stance on this. Max, how has Australia handled Assange's case and what is Albo doing? People as high up as former Nationals leader 
Barnaby Joyce have spoken out against the prosecution of Julian Assange, given he is an Australian citizen, of course, but on a public surface level, there doesn't seem to be a huge amount that has been done by the coalition so far. So now it's interesting we have a Labor government and Anthony Albanese, the new Prime Minister himself, has uh, previously said enough is enough and he can't see what's served by keeping Assange incarcerated. There's a parliamentary Friends of Julian Assange group, so one of the main advocates has actually been someone from the Victorian left faction of the Labor Party called Julian Hill, rose to prominence during the campaign. He ran a very effective sort of TikTok style. Here's how to talk to your friends about lies that the Liberals love to tell on the economy. And he's very vocal on Twitter. So he is a known supporter and has been repeatedly, you know, calling for the Australian government to step up and do something about this. If extradited to the US, Assange faces trial under the Espionage Act for publishing sensitive diplomatic cables leaked by whistleblower Chelsea Manning and prison terms longer than life. Max, is this a fight Albanese wants to have? Peter Dutton, the new opposition leader, has run very strongly on national security previously, so it remains to be seen what his position on this will be. Obviously, from a US perspective, Assange is a divisive character, of course. I would argue that it's closer to being a high-tech terrorist than the the Pentagon Papers. We've seen quite recently in uh, Anthony Albanese's trip to the Quad Security Dialogue that he seems to have quite a rapport with US President Joe Biden. So, you know, will this be the first sort of major sticking point diplomatically between Australia and the US and, you know, what concessions will be made? Max Madison is a journalist with The Australian. One of the greatest champions in the history of tennis, Rafael Nadal, has vanquished Novak Djokovic and is through to the quarterfinals of the French Open on Friday night. Playing all the semifinals here in, in Roland Garros means a lot to me. I've been a, one of these unforgettable nights, so thank you very much, everyone. You can follow Rafa's quest for a 14th French Open anytime at theaustralian.com.au. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.